Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton. This is a special Saturday edition of uh, On Texas Football. I'm joined uh, by Jerry Hamilton, national recruiting expert of On3, recruiting reporter and analyst uh, for Inside Texas as well. Uh, given uh, that Steve Sarkeesian uh, yesterday named uh, Quinn Ewers the starter, I thought a lot about it uh, on Friday afternoon and into the evening, and I wanted to, to go back to the very first time and talk with the person, the very first time who told me about Quinn Ewers way back when he was a high school sophomore, and that's Jerry Hamilton. Uh, Jerry, welcome in, bud. Thank you, man. Yeah, exciting time for uh, Quinn and uh, and his family. It's been a long time coming, man. Like you said, first time I saw him was a sophomore season, and it feels like half a decade ago, honestly. <laughs> well, I'll never forget. Um, this is just a little story between you and me. I'll never forget. We were we were uh, talking or, or what have you. And you sent me a uh, you sent me a a, a, a te- not a text, but a video that was from your cell phone that you had taken of Quinn at a walkthrough at South Lake Court Carroll during his sophomore year. And you just basically said, this is how it's supposed to look. You didn't say anything else. Yeah. The ball never hit the ground for like a minute and a half. They marched down the field. Like, of course, it was against air, but the throws were crisp, tight. Um, and, uh, of course, he ended up being the national sophomore of the year uh, that year uh, for uh, South Lake Carroll. Led him to the, I think, state quarterfinals uh, and passed for over 4,000 yards. Jerry, um, you saw him early. You saw him before he had a mullet, right? Yeah, I did. <laughs> before that was grown out. Um, you know, tell us what you saw of him in high school. Those sophomore stats are, are just phenomenal. 45 TDs, just three interceptions. And, and here's the, the stat that's not on there. He completed 72.5% of his passes. He had 17 touchdowns and zero interceptions in four playoff games. He also rushed for 570 yards as a sophomore. Um, my biggest takeaway and look, and and Riley Dodge had been coach Dodge at Southlake had been telling me that he had a, he had a, a a kid who was born to throw a football. Um, but my takeaway, and I had to send that video and I sent the same video to Kevin Murray. I said, this kid is the best natural passer. I think I told you that Bobby, I I told Kevin that since I'd seen since Kyler at that age. And the thing I remember is not only did the ball not hit the ground, that ball was not far outside the numbers. There weren't guys the, the whole day. It was a walkthrough, but it didn't matter. I mean, the ball was never outside a catch radius, period. I mean, it was just like, and he can throw it from all these different arm slots. And um, I, I hesitated to say, man, that kind of reminds you of Matthew Stafford because you don't want to put that pressure on kid. And and I'm not saying he's going to be Matthew Stafford now, but there are similarities in how he got the football out of his hand at times. and the natural arm strength he possesses, uh, but just how accurate he was that day, how calm his feet were, even though it wasn't in a game setting, just the calmness and how it was an easy power, easy quick release. There was nothing rushed. It was just so natural. And then I saw him in a scrimmage against DeSoto at South Lake prior to his junior year. And Byron Murphy uh, was closing in on him in this scrimmage. And uh, the tweet is years ago. Um, but he made a throw off his back foot under duress that was about 60, 62 yards in the air. And Brady Boyd, the receiver who I believe signed with Minnesota, 
caught it in the bread basket under duress. And he made, the, and there's a throw right there where he's under duress and he kind of steps back, feels the pressure, but still has the arm strength and the quick release to get it out of his hand. Right. I mean, and th that was the thing with Quinn is just how quick the ball got out, but how accurate he was under duress. And I, and, and for Texas fans, that doesn't mean every throw is going to be accurate when Will Anderson and, and Dallas Turner are bearing down on, uh, on him in three weeks. But what it does mean is once he gets comfortable, um, it, he has a different ability to throw a football than most guys do. And he's still got to do it at the college level. But again, he was born with a gift and now it's, we'll see how far this gift can take him. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, he's a tremendous player uh, and has been tremendous, a tremendous player, uh, for a long period of time. Um, but you know, his recruitment was strange. You know, we're talking about, you know, I wanted to give people the real feel for him, uh, as a as a recruit, because a lot of people just know that he signed with Ohio State and transferred back to Texas after a semester. Um, they also know, hey, well, maybe uh, he uh, graduated a year early from high school, but they don't know all of the story. Right. Uh, Quinn Ewers had grown up a Longhorn fan that same day. You sent me a photo of him in Longhorn gear when he was a baby. Right. Yeah. The, the, the little one bar helmet and. Right. That sort of stuff. Um, but, Jerry, uh, you look at it, and uh, we talk about that. Tell, tell us a little bit about his recruitment. He initially committed to Tom Herman and Mike Yersich, uh, the, the then offense coordinator for the Longhorns, uh, and uh, was committed to Texas but then backed out of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it was, you know – when he committed, he committed to the school he'd always wanted to go to, right? They came down there one day. He committed in person. It wasn't a phone call commitment. He came down and committed in person, um, had a conversation with Herman. And it was after Yursich was hired where Texas really had a shot to win the recruitment initially. Um, and then, you know, Sam Ellinger's a different type of quarterback, right? And, and, and Texas' offensive scheme was a little different and didn't really fit Quinn. Um, and, and that's where, you know, some of the issues started uh, setting in for Texas and Ewers at the time. And, you know, then you go through, then he decommits, you go through the coaching change, he ends up at Ohio State. And I, and I thought what was interesting at the time about his recruitment was, you know, Starkeesian's hired as the perfect fit for him, right? But then he stayed, stayed with Ohio State, didn't play a senior year in high school, went up to Ohio State, and, you know, that's always been the funny part of his recruitment to me, Bobby, is if there was a kid that was supposed to sign with a Steve Sarkeesian coach team from the state of Texas, it was Quinn. And obviously NIL played a factor. You can't make money in the state of Texas in high school off NIL. So that played a factor in going to Ohio State and skipping his senior year at South Lake Carroll. So that was a – part of that strange recruitment because he is in that first class where NIL was a, po a real possibility for guys. And, and it's hard to begrudge him for the decision he made. I mean, there's a lot of money on the table, um, but that's, what's going to be interesting to me is it's been a long time since he's thrown a pass in a real game. I mean, it's yeah. December of his junior season. I mean, and that's just, that's where it's at. December of his junior season is the last time he threw a pass in a game, and he was really injured. For the Texas fans who didn't see that state championship game lost to Austin Westlake, um, you know, he had missed six games. Um, I, I think he had a sports hernia. 
He had bruised ribs or a, a, a sports hernia. Then he had bruised ribs. He was really playing through a lot of pain at the time, uh, making a lot of back foot throws because he just couldn't step into the throw. Uh, but that was when, you know, that's when I almost was sold on Quinn as a player more so than even his unbelievable sophomore season is when he didn't have to go out and play, but he decided he was not going to sit out. He was not going to set out the playoff run. He was. He showed some toughness um, when you don't have to have toughness. I'm not saying every kid wouldn't have played, but some kids definitely wouldn't have played in that scenario. And that's when he kind of sold me on his toughness. And I think it's he, he's such an interesting prospect, Bobby, because it's been so long since people have seen him throw a pass. You know, and that that's what's interesting to me is when he takes the field against ULM here in a couple of weeks. It's been a long time since Texas fans, recruiting fans, uh, anybody has seen that arm and all that talent he has. So it's going to be interesting to see how long it takes him to get comfortable in a game setting again. Yeah, and, and obviously Steve Sarkeesian making that decision uh, on Friday. Uh, and, you know, thinking through this, uh, have some time now to uh, kind of uh, get over the announcement itself, right? And right. think about what this brings to Texas. Uh, he he went up to Ohio State though, Jerry, uh, and played in a couple played a couple snaps. Did not get going until late August, so training camp was already halfway through. He really had no chance to to make a dent at Ohio State his freshman year uh, or, or a season ago. Um, then uh, it is a whirlwind recruitment. If y'all remember last December, late November, early December, we get news. Uh, we had heard that Ewers may be going into the portal. Then he did, and then Steve Sarkeesian makes a beeline the very day he goes into the portal. Makes a beeline uh, to South Lake Carroll's uh, to, to South Lake to see uh, uh, Quinn Ewers in his home. Right? I mean, how seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. That that showed me and you, not only is that good recruiting by, by Steve Sir, I mean, he dropped everything and said, this may be my quarterback, I need to go now. Yes. And it was a recruiting weekend, Jerry. Yes. It yes. wasn't like there was nothing going on. Not a big recruiting weekend per se, but it, I mean, there were guys. And right. What, you know, what does that say about Sarkeesian and what his thought process was? Uh, and what do you think that showed Quinn really just how badly Sarkeesian wanted him? Yeah, I think that was the big part right there is because Texas Tech was going to make a strong run. We were already hearing that the day he went in the portal. We were hearing, okay, Texas Tech is the team that Texas has to compete with. Then he ended up on uh, not on TCU's campus, but around TCU's campus, you know, so he considered them a little bit as well. But I think that was a such a strong sign for Quinn and, and his family that how much Steve Sarkeesian coveted him. Because like you said, that's an official visit weekend. He took off, went up to South Lake uh, to meet with Quinn and the family. Uh, and so Quinn had no doubt from the onset that Texas wanted him to come back home to where he's always wanted to play. 
where he's always was where he probably feels like he was born to play quarterback at the University of Texas. Um, and I think that was huge because Texas Tech gave it a strong run and they were going to give it a strong run. But I think that also tells you, look, is, you know, it's easy to get forgotten about when you don't play for a year. Right. And then, you know, the last time people saw Quinn, he didn't have his best game against Southlake in the state title game because he was injured. A lot of that was just the injury. He, he physically was probably 60, 65 percent at that time uh, talking to the Southlake staff afterwards. So that's the last impression people had of him. But the impression people should know is how coveted he was by Steve Sarkeesian when he went in the portal. I mean, and, and look, he was a guy that could have gone anywhere he wanted out of high school. He literally could have picked up the phone and gone anywhere. That's how highly he's thought of by coaching staffs around the country, and that's his talent level. So, yeah, I think that showed Quinn and the family a lot that Steve Sarkeesian dropped everything and got up to Southlake. Well, it's interesting. Um, now he's he's uh, transferred to Texas, goes through spring, uh, has an up-and-down spring by all accounts, but uh, throws that bomb, die, I say, a day or in the spring game, and everybody just was like, Okay, that's what we that's what uh, that throw is supposed to look like. Right. Yes. Uh, not only with him throwing it, but Nayor catching. I mean, it just is, is really a, a beautiful play. Uh, but, you know, then he enters the quarterback race and it's not decided. Right. Um, he has to go out there. Hudson Card is two years, effectively two years older than him from a football perspective. Right. Um, Hudson's a, a, a redshirt sophomore. Uh, Quinn is a redshirt freshman, but really was supposed to graduate high school just right. last spring. Uh, he he uh, forwarded up a year. Uh, so, you know, he's he's now, you know, getting to that level where, hey, this is where the number one quarterback in the country, number one player in the country is probably supposed to be. He's probably supposed to be starting, um, you know, and that's a that's a good sign for Quinn Ewers and his maturity and development. Um, which were brought into question during this process. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. And, and you know, look, he's there's going to be rust. I mean, when you don't play for two years, I don't care if he took scout team reps all year at Ohio State. That's different from playing in the game, right? And that's different from competing for a starting job. Because when he went to Ohio State, he was not competing for a starting job. C.J. Stroud was the starter, right? And Quinn was not going to be the competition even for the number two. At that time, when you just looked at the Ohio State depth chart and experience how long guys have been there. So he has gone from playing his last game in December of his junior year to going to Texas and competing for a starting job. Uh, but I just, you know, the thing I've always stuck with 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 Quinn after the announcement to the transfer to Texas was made. He's a fit in Steve Sarkeesian's offensive scheme. And that's the one thing that's always stuck with me is, look, it, some, sometimes this stuff is pretty simple. It, it, it's just a common sense on, on, on a lot of levels. Steve Sarkeesian's offense is best when the field is stretched vertically and horizontally. And, and, and you could say, well, that's the case for anybody's, but it's really not. I mean, if you've studied Steve Sarkeesian and what that offense looked like at Alabama um, with Tua, right, and, and even what it was going to look like with Bryce Young, it, it the ability to stretch the ball the field vertically is very important. He's not he does not throw to stationary targets. He gets people on the move. He gets favorable matchups, and those matchups are down the field um, when that offense is really humming and clicking. And then when you looked at 
Bijan Robinson's the best running back in the country. And anybody that argues that, I wish they would have been sitting next to me, you, and Brian Irwin Tuesday night because Bijan looks unbelievable headed into the season. Um, but, you know, you said something that I thought was to the point of why Quinn ended up winning this job. He threw that deep, he threw a couple of deep balls and you said he sees it. And it's one thing to throw a pretty ball. It's a total different thing to see it early because then you have the timing. And I think that's what Quinn has in the downfield passing game is he has, he sees it early. So he has the timing. And what that does is that opens up Steve Sarkeesian's offense. It makes Bijan Robinson a better player. Uh, because if you can take that one extra man out of the box and everybody's going to want to take away Bijan Robinson and stack the box, I think that's why Quinn won the job. I I agree with you. So th- you and I were talking about this. It's tougher to run with eight in the box. And that's it, right. But it's easier, it's easier to put eight in the box if you're not stretching them vertically. Yep. Bottom line. And if your best player, even though Quinn Ewers is, is a, was the number one high school recruit in the country, he's not the Longhorns best player right now. No. And he's not, the best second, player. he's not their second best player. It's Bijan and, and Worthy. Right, exactly. And so my point to that is, okay, what then accentuates the biggest positive? Yeah. If that means having to stretch the field ver- vertically to get the threat of Bijan really being the guy, I feel like that's that's where it's all at. Um, you know, Quinn is, is a tremendous uh, prospect and a tremendous player. I mentioned that he sees it early. And, and even this, he sees it early enough that he can even take some false steps sometimes right. and maybe not have, uh, Jerry, the best technique. Right. But, you know, he may have to come out of a different arm slot uh, yeah. for your, in your opinion, you know, or in your words. And so, uh, but when you can do that, you can do that. This, this pass, feathered it in there lightly, had a big wide open guy, didn't try to gun it. You know right. what I mean? That that that's one of those other things. Like a lot of people want to try to make every pass difficult, or has to be right right on time. There are times when you can actually take something off of it and still make a great play, right? Well, and that and that was what was impressive to me the first time I ever saw him was he changed ball speeds as a 15, 16 year old kid. And it to me, yeah, he's had coaching from Riley Dodge, but it looked so natural. It looked like an innate understanding of how to play the position and how to throw a football. And you're totally correct. And and Texas fans aren't going to see 100% fastballs. They're not going to see the number one all the time. That's Ryan Mallett, the guy we covered way back in the day, right? Yeah, that's not what we're talking about here. And we're talking about a guy that understands how to change ball speeds, when to do it, when to throw the one, when to throw the two, when when to throw the three. Um, and, and he's a guy that always has always been accurate with the change in ball speeds and inaccurate un- under duress at South Lake Carroll before the injury set in, before he had that uh, sports hernia his junior year. So I expect to see a, a guy that after he gets comfortable um, shows that he is a natural passer. And that doesn't mean he's not going to make mistakes. He is a freshman quarterback in college football, major college football, taking the ball with 100,000 people in the stands and a lot of pressure that comes with it. Um, But I think people, the Texas fans are going to be pleasantly surprised to see just how much arm talent and understanding he has of how to use his arm talent. And I expect him to really ascend once he gets comfortable, especially in the offense and uh, in Steve Sarkeesian's offense. And look, he's got a chance to you, uh, Sark's going to put him in position 
to succeed. I think that's where Sark is really good. He speaks about it a lot, but I think it's proven to be the case. He is not going to put Quinn in position to where he, to where he fails. He's going to put him in a position to succeed. And that means he's going to allow put him in position to use all that arm talent that he was blessed with and in a position to where he, you know the one thing about Quinn I, I think is he throws the ball downfield so well, um, and if and once you start game planning for that, it's so much different than practice, right, Bobby? When you start scripting plays and you start game planning for opponents, they can really then put Quinn in a position to use his strengths and a position to succeed. Yeah, and I think the, I think Texas fans got to get ready for some up and down with him. Yeah, because he he is going to be learning. Um, so there, he's going there's going to be some bad interceptions, is my guess. Um, he's not going to see a safety, you know, right. he's, he's, he's going to miss some stuff like that. Um, this is a kind of, I wanted to go back and, and after the commitment, really think about kind of Quinn Ewan's, uh, Quinn Ewer's origin story. That's what this was kind of about for me. And I go back to that first video you sent me, uh, the photo of him in the Longhorn uniform as like a five or six year old with the Longhorn helmet on with the one bar, you know, for the, they have for the kids, uh, his sophomore year, 4,000 yards passing. Uh, 45 touchdowns, just three interceptions. Uh, his junior year takes the team to the state championship, uh, despite uh, missing six games with a sports hernia. Uh, they lose to Kate Klubnik, who's I hear doing well out at Clemson right now at West from Westlake. Uh, but he still uh, completes uh, 28 touchdowns uh, with five interceptions in his high school career. Jerry, 73 TDs, eight eight INTs. Uh, by way of uh, then fast forward a year, went to Ohio State, back to Texas, and now he's the starting uh, quarterback for Longwood. Do you have anything you want to end up with, yeah, him, Jerry? Yeah, yeah. His sophomore season, for those that weren't following him at the time, he had five, six, or seven games where he completed over 80% of his passes. He had playoff games, two playoff games, where he completed 83% or more of his passes. He had a game against Dent, a loaded Dent. Geyer team, one, I think his fourth or fifth game as a varsity starter where he threw for 360 yards and rushed for 120. I mean, he put up his best game of his of his June of his sophomore season was in a playoff loss to Duncanville, who lost, then lost on a Hail Mary against North Shore. He threw for 395 yards on a Duncanville team that was absolutely loaded. And I remember talking to the Duncanville staff later that spring, and they said they've never seen anything like that. I mean, they've ne – you know, and, and Reggie Samples has coached a long time, right? I mean, so to put it in perspective, his sophomore year, when he burst onto the scene, he had as, as impressive a sophomore year as any quarterback has in the history of the state. 45 touchdowns, three picks, 17 touchdowns, zero interceptions in four playoff games. Zero interceptions. And that's not a guy throwing 15 passes. That's a guy throwing 30 to 35 passes a game. So when you take all that into account, um, that sophomore season, I just remember thinking, wow, this kid is a little different now. He's been blessed with some arm talent that you just don't see. Even though I was traveling nationally at the time, seeing Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, all these top quarterbacks at Under Armour camp, he just had a different – look about him as a young guy throwing a football. And now it's time uh, to see where it takes him. Yeah, I was going to say, because of Steve Sarkeesian's uh, decision on Friday, naming Quinn Ewers uh, the new starting quarterback of the University of Texas for the 2022 season, we're going to get a chance to see that 
uh, in about two weeks from today. Uh, the Longhorns will host Louisiana Monroe, uh, and uh, Quinn Ewers uh, is expected to be or has been named the starting quarterback. Uh, Jerry, from Inside Texas, uh, please visit Inside Texas if you're not already a subscriber. Uh, we appreciate you guys over there. Uh, like and subscribe this button, or like and subscribe this channel if you get a chance. Uh, you know, Jerry, I appreciate your time again. Matt Hutchison, our producer, I appreciate him as well. This has been On Texas Football.